I just want to say thank you to Pastor Michelle for um, allowing Steve and I to come and share with you today. I hope you'll forgive me for stealing the pulpit from my husband uh, this time, because I know he captivated you all last time with his accent. I mean, his message of truth from the Word of God. (laughs) But you can hear more from him later um, after service. We, as Pastor Michelle mentioned, will be sharing more specifically about our ministry in Honduras, Central America, um, in the Fellowship Hall right after service. And there are donuts, so how can you say no to that? (laughs) Um, As you know, Steve and I live in Honduras, and we are spoiled with beautiful mountains um, with some pretty incredible views. I love being on mountaintops, Uh, not only the physical ones, but the metaphorical ones as well. You know the mountaintop. There's beauty and clarity on the mountain, a freshness and a freedom above slow-moving traffic and smoggy city air. Uh, The mountaintop is where you can see the bigger picture. You can have perspective on all those twisty, curving roads um, and see where they are actually leading. I love the mountaintop, and I bet you do too. But I'm not here to talk about the mountaintop today. I'm actually here to talk about the valley, those harder seasons in life. Don't worry, I'm hoping this won't be too much of a downer um, because I'm actually wanting to explore how we can actually receive abundant provision even in the hardest seasons of our life. I would even argue that there is a certain type of provision that we can only experience in the hard seasons of life, which I hope you'll see as we unpack what is probably a familiar passage to you, Psalm 23. I've always seen Psalm 23 as this very serene passage with its green pastures and quiet waters, but smack in the middle of this passage is a pretty intense verse. In the NIV version, it reads, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I think it's pretty safe to say that we've all walked through some dark things in the last few years. Not only personal loss, disappointment, and hurt, but also the darkness of a global pandemic, wars, racism, and violence. I want to start all of this off by saying I don't want anything I share today to simply gloss over the hard realities of our lives. As Christians, we're not called to walk through the dark valleys of life with our eyes tightly shut and our fingers and our ears simply repeating, God is good, God is good. I believe David wrote the words of Psalm 23 with his eyes wide open to the reality of the dark situations around him. But this is exactly why Psalm 23 can be an anchor of hope for us. It certainly has been for me in the last year. Many of you know Steve and I got married last year and promptly proceeded to gallivant around the world, uh, first visiting family and friends here in the States. We visited 11 states in six weeks, (laughs) and then we were in Europe for five months. From the outside, many would probably consider this a mountaintop experience, and in many ways it was. But the combination of being uprooted from my Honduran home, the normal adjustments of newly married life, and essentially being a nomad for six months, I think we counted up, we slept in 35 different beds in the first six months of our marriage. Um, Would not recommend that. Um, It all just became too much. I started having panic attacks, 
and started to experience a depression that would make even getting ready in the morning really hard. Thankfully, I was able to find support and we've come a long way, but it's been a hard road. I have not only learned to depend on the Lord in ways I never had to before, but I've also come to know this kind of provision that I said before, I believe we can only experience when we walk through hard things. So what sort of abundance can we find in the valley? Um, what does Psalm 23 show us? So I want to look at a few of the verses. The first thing that I see in this passage is refreshment. In Psalm 23, verse 2 and 3, it says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. I don't think we truly appreciate refreshment until we are starved and parched. It's not until you're desperate for hope that you come to cling to promises of scripture like the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death. It's not until you feel you can no longer hear the Spirit's voice of guidance that you grasp for the truth of certain worship songs like Goodness of God that we just sang. That was for me playing them over and over again as if squeezing whatever drops of water you can from an almost empty bottle. But I can truly say that the Lord is faithful to provide refreshment that was needed. Just when you feel you can't go anymore, you find he has provided manna in your desert. I think refreshment also includes practical things too, like rest and self-care. I love that the, in this translation it says, he makes me lie down, because sometimes I don't want to. I feel rest is unproductive or even selfish sometimes, but he knows that we need it, and sometimes he makes us. There is a story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19, and in this story, Elijah is running for his life, and he ends up in the desert, and he actually asks the Lord to take his life and goes to sleep to die under a tree. But he wakes up to find an angel who has brought him food and water. And in verse 7, he tells Elijah, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And so God knew that he needed that refreshment, and he... Um, it was what sustained him through that desert. Learning to rest, have good boundaries, and take time to process through hurts and emotions has been essential in the journey of the last year for me. I just recently heard a quote talking about mental health that said something to the effect of, just like physical wounds, untreated soul wounds are more susceptible to infection and re-injury. Just like broken bones need to sit in a cast for a while, broken hearts need time to rest and heal too. These first verses of Psalm 23 show us that the Lord will always provide us with opportunities for refreshment and restoration. We just have to be willing to accept them. There is a second mention of refreshment in Psalm 23, and that's in verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This word table um, actually means table for a king's meal. It's used um, to talk about a table for private use and in some cases even a table for sacred use. So this is a very special place. 
and seemingly out of place in the middle of a battle when our enemies are attacking us. But he sets a table for us to feast even here. And what are we feasting on? I believe in part it is the testimonies of the Lord's faithfulness to us. When the enemy attacks and tries to discourage us with lies, we actively feast our minds on truth, reminding ourselves that he is near, he has provided for us before, and he will continue to do so. Sharing our testimonies with others, just like you would around a normal dinner table, allows us to borrow faith from each other when we are walking through our own valleys, and that will sustain us. Um, And that idea of walking in community is also so essential as we walk through our valleys. The second thing that I see that is provided to us in the valley is anointing and empowerment. In verse five, it says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Even when we feel empty and as though we have nothing to give to those around us, he has a special anointing to empower us to do what he has called us to do in that season. I was constantly amazed how many, many Sundays in this past year I could have spent the entire morning crying and in a really low place and still get up on a stage in the afternoon and lead worship at our church. It wasn't about faking it. Actually, sometimes I was even crying on stage during the worship and I actually even had a panic attack once during practice. But it was about coming before the Lord and our team and saying, I know I can't do this unless he is moving through me. And through prayer and opening myself up to that empowerment over and over again, he was faithful to do more than I could have done in and of myself. There is also a special anointing to minister to others who are walking through a similar valley that you have just come through. As after we moved back to Honduras and I started to be able to talk about walking through this valley of anxiety and depression, I was amazed at how many people started coming out of the woodwork who currently were going through that as well. Some of the young people that we work with and even a few of the staff and our volunteer team. When I would have never wanted or chosen to walk through that valley, I was able to now connect with them in a way that I wouldn't have been able to if I hadn't already walked through that darkness. There is a special anointing for ministering Um, that can only come after you walk through and out the other side. So we've seen that in the valley, there is refreshment, there's anointing and empowerment. And if we go back to that verse four that I read at the beginning, we can see a third. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. His presence is provided to us in the valley. Even in the valley, when the struggle feels like it will never end, when your heart feels it has been smashed into a thousand pieces, when you wonder if you'll ever be okay again, Jesus promises his presence. The lie that you are alone bows every time to the truth that Jesus is with you, and he will never leave you or forsake you. Isaiah 43 illustrates this beautifully, and we actually just read it this morning. Steve and I, it came up in our prayer reading. I was like, oh, Jesus. Now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, who formed you, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. 
I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. This is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the armies and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This is the hope we have, not only for ourselves, but to offer a hurting world. Not that we have it all together or that we are even okay all the time, but our testimony of the abundance of the refreshment, empowerment, and the very presence of Jesus that is walking us through our valleys is available for them too. Today, on All Saints Sunday, we have a chance to remember those who have run the race before us, who have traversed their own valleys and have set examples for us to follow. So whether today you find yourself encouraged by their testimonies or still in the valley of grief and missing them, or maybe a bit of both, I pray that these truths can be a blessing to you, especially today, and that we can remember to look for the refreshment the empowerment, and the presence of Jesus, even in our darkest valley. Will you bow and pray with me? Father God, I thank you for the truth of your word, that you are faithful and you are close to the brokenhearted. God, I just pray over those that are gathered here today and those that are online, Lord, if there is anyone who is feeling that they are going through that dark valley, God, I just pray that your spirit would fill them with hope, um, that the truth of your word would come and silence all of the lies um, and that they would know that you are their good shepherd walking them through this and that there is a community around them to walk with them as well. So God, we just speak freedom in this place, peace in this place. And God, that as we continue in this time of worship, that you would continue to minister to our hearts and speak to us by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.